0: Vikings stud pass rusher Danelle Hunter is on the trade block. Should the 49ers be interested? Could they even make it happen? And why is Kyle Shanahan with a lack of NFL practice time canceling mini camp practices every year? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You
1: are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome to Lockdown 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you, as always, at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Croc's looking for something behind him right now. He's super confused as we get this podcast going. And as always, on Wednesdays, we've got our very special guest on another Winky Wednesday, my former podcast co-host, my former radio colleague. He is a former TV sports anchor. He is a game show wizard. None other than Mr. Nicholas Winkler.
1: Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Action News 8 Sports with Nick Winkler.
0: Wink, what's happening, man? How are you feeling in the
1: dead period, the actual true NFL offseason now? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those times where you're like, what? What other sports do I need to pay attention to right now? I'm like, baseball, NCAA World Series. Like, oh, the the college uh, softball World Series just ended. Like, basketball. What, what do we have? What's going on? I need football. Bring it back.
2: Hey, who, who won the college guys? softball World Series?
1: Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Did they? Three they
0: their streak is alive, right? They they're yeah. like 40, 50 almost
1: wins in a row. Crazy. It's crazy. Amazing. And they, yeah, and they just figured out who's going to the finals for the, the men's baseball. So that's uh, it's 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 something right. It's filling the void that the NFL has left right now during the down period. Kyle's not helping us with all these canceled practices,
0: man. Other teams around there with their mandatory mini camps and guys holding out. Stephon Diggs not showing up for Buffalo Bills at Ooh. their mandatory camp. Danelle Hunter not showing up for the Minnesota Vikings mandatory mini camp and according to uh many sources around the league Donnell hunter is maybe uh not happy with what's going on with his contract situation and there's teams that might be interested in trading for the star pass rusher Donnell hunter's been a stud since he entered the league in in 2015 according to tom pellicero of nfl.com three-time pro bowl defensive end Donnell hunter plans to skip vikings mandatory mini camp, Per sources the sides haven't seen eye to eye on a new contract Uh, Ian Rappaport reported Minnesota has received trade calls and now one of the NFL's top pass rushers is officially a holdout. So Mm. we've talked about a couple other pass rushers that could be on the free agent market. Chase Young potentially on the trade market didn't get his fifth year option picked up by the Washington Commanders. Uh, Wink, what do you think? Should the 49ers be in the market for adding one more pass rusher across from Nick Bosa before
1: camp starts? I mean, who couldn't use him, right, on their team? He's a fantastic football player. He goes and gets the quarterback. And that spot opposite Nick Bosa has got to be attractive to any free agent out there right now. Like, yeah, you might not get as much money as you're going to get from another team, but you're going to get a lot more sacks when people are really focused on Nick Bosa and can kind of free you up. If the 49ers have the ability to go get him, go get him.
2: I'd definitely be... Really open to that, you know. We've talked about kind of throwing resources at the edge rusher position, Mm -hmm. and you know, uh, now you kind of see Chase Young out there, and they're talking about potentially trading him. Obviously, you would love to pair Nick Bosa with Chase Young, but from a financial kind of standpoint, really doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, you have to sign him after the year because his fifth year option was never picked up. How much would that cost on top of having to pay Nick Bosa? So, Chase Young even though I would love to see what that looks like. doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially for long-term. But Hunter makes a lot of sense because this is more of a short-term solution. Mm-hmm. Like that's That would be a trade for th- this year. in uh, you know, Drake Jackson, he's primed to potentially have a breakout year. I think we all would love to see that. Some of the other guys the 49ers have, which I like to call the others outside of Nick Bosa. But Daniel Hunter, that's a guy where, hey, you got – a Legit football player opposite Nick Boson. I think it would definitely make this team a lot better. And I don't think you have to have this long term commitment to him.
1: In Can a lot you of ways, a defensive line real quick with yeah. Bosa, Hunter, and Hargrave. Like, are you kidding me right now?
0: I mean, it would be scary. And it would be a really good way for the 49ers no matter who the veteran they would add across from Bosa, just to make sure that they've got that. And then you'd be talking about the 49ers having the best defensive line they've had in a long time, even better than that 2019 team, because Nick Bosa's better than the rookie version. He's coming off a defensive player of the year, right? He's better than the rookie mm-hmm. version in 2019 of Nick Bosa himself. Eric Armstead still the same guy he was. He had a really good season, but a lot of that was probably because of some of the talent around him with the 10 sacks he collected in 2019. And it's still, a, you know, an awesome player for the 49ers inside. Javon Hargrave, you could argue is even a better player coming off a better year than uh than DeForest Buckner, even. So it's that other side. Can you get somebody that can give you close to the impact that d ford gave the 49ers in 2019 then you'd have an even better defensive line than you had then and it's already going to be a pretty good defensive line chris Kasarik has proven that he can get guys coached up and get them playing at a high level and i think rotationally the 49ers had a plan there and still have a plan there and i think that is the plan and i don't see them making a huge splash move but, you know, maybe it's something that you revisit, maybe something they saw in the spring. They wanted to see those guys and say, okay, who's in the, did, did Drake Jackson hit the check marks we wanted him to hit in the off season? Do we believe in him and being the guy? Because in a lot of ways, the Vikings, Danelle Hunter, who was a third round pick in, I think it was 2015. Uh, he's in his age, he's, he was 28. So he's entering his age 29 season is Danelle Hunter. So still, you know, can, can give you some prime years left before, you know you hit the, the wrong side of 30 and start to tail off as a talent in the league but in a lot of ways daniel hunter for the vikings is what the 49ers are hoping they have in drake jackson whereas you know he was he wasn't a first round guy but might have had first round talent and do you develop that talent and can you turn him into that guy so the 49ers are hoping they're getting their own daniel hunter and a guy who has the athletic ability and the the bend and the, the length and the athleticism to be a terror off the edge. Can they develop him into that, like the Vikings did with Danielle Hunter, who was 6'5, 240 pounds coming out of LSU? He had like four sacks in his college career, but he was a freak of nature athlete. And they got him up, and now he's up into the 260s. And he was 252 on draft day, 6'5, 252, just, you know, prototype, look the part. But he didn't have the production, and they had to develop him, and he developed to his credit. And, you know, it's a it's a nice player to have to bring in to say, okay, look, this guy did what we're trying to get you to do, Drake Jackson. So for the next season or two, watch him, and then you can become the next Danelle Hunter. And then you you can get paid and then hold out for mandatory mini camps in the future because you want that bigger contract. And the, the holdout part is is where I get worried about Danelle Hunter
2: mm-hmm. from
0: a minor standpoint. Because if, if we saw with Zedaria Smith, who I thought the 49ers might have some interest in, got traded to the Cleveland Browns. And it was, you know, some, some day three picks. You're not giving up too much and sort of a rental type of player. And if that was the case for Denell Hunter, he's even a better pass rusher than, than Zedaria Smith is. It'd be like, okay, I'm all in. And you're just picking up whatever's left on his contract. And since, you know, he's, on his you know I think it was 2019 he signed a new deal with the Minnesota Vikings it's been restructured a couple of times so there's some guarantees that the Vikings would pick up and so the Niners would only be picking up 5-6 million dollars of mm. yearly salary for Danielle Hunter for a, for a stud player that's not bad at all so depending on what you have to give up give me that all day long but if he doesn't like his contract and that means he's not coming to play the 40 with the 49ers for that contract either so right. that's where you're trading for him you're giving up assets probably cost you more than it costs that smith and you have to give him a new contract and i don't think the 49ers are in our position to do that
2: so is that what no. the issue is it's is contract because i feel like if i'm him you see kind of what happened with uh the running back Dalvin cook feels on, on more a little bit more like uh like a Vikings issue. Like, where are they going? Where, like, where are the yeah, Vikings right. headed? It's like they're kind of stuck in this area where it's like, man, you know, we, we play well, but we're not really contenders. But, you know, then, you know, Kirk Cousins is cool, but then, you know, not good. So, <laughs> hey, man, get me out of here. If y'all are going to pay me top right. tier, get me out of here. Send me somewhere else, like the 49ers, where, you know, even if I don't get a new contract, I can play for a potential championship.
1: Yeah, maybe. Well, you, you, and- go ahead, Wayne. Yeah, I mean, not only can you play for a potential championship, but you can also – you're opposite Nick Bosa. You're going to put up some numbers. Like, this could be that year where you cash in afterwards, right? You kind of look at it as an investment in your future. You go there, you get 10, 11, 12 sacks opposite Bosa. You're going to get paid the following year. Maybe not by the 49ers, but maybe by somebody else.
0: That's what I was going to say. Can they make it happen to where the the trade well, – what they give up in trade makes sense for the 49ers, maybe agree to an, another restructure or agree to something with Danell Hunter was like, Hey, look, we're going to just trade for you play out this year, then go hit free agency and you'll mm-hmm. make a whole bunch of money. So can they work out some sort of a deal like that? It would have to be something that, um, that all the sides negotiate and make sense for the 49ers. But as it stands now with the way the story is being reported, if Denell Hunter is not willing to play under this contract for the Vikings, then he's not willing to play under it with the 49ers, then it's probably a no-go for what the cost is going to be in trade plus new salary for Danell Hunter. But veteran pass rusher, interesting. And Niners hope are the plan for the Niners. They want their rotation on the defensive line to be enough. And I think they're going to go with that plan if I had to guess. Mm. Okay, guys, next. Why are the 49ers canceling extra practices when they don't have enough practice time as it is? And a, a little debate about, NBA players playing in the NFL and NFL players playing in the NBA coming up next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel. Make your way to FanDuel right now because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Now that the NBA Finals are over, uh, you can still bet on just about anything. You can still bet on NBA Futures if you want. At FanDuel, you can bet on NFL futures as well. Last year, Crock and I said pound that over on Nick Bosa sacks, and that paid off very easily, and you might want to do that one once again, especially with Javon Hargrave in town and, and taking a little bit of a responsibility away and some attention away from opposing offensive lines. So many great promotions every day at FanDuel. Love the app, love the website, safe and secure, easy to use, love building your own parlays, and get paid instantly when you win. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit Fanduel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's Fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NFL. So guys, uh, I was asked this question recently, and I didn't really have a good answer for it. And it's been something that's happening with Kyle Shanahan, and he's even talked about how there's not enough practice time, and most teams don't like how much practice time has been cut down for their team, and it, it makes it more difficult to install everything and uh, get a good look at everybody, and you know, get your team into regular season shape and get your team ready. Like if you ask every, if you pulled thirty-two head coaches in the NFL. 32 of them would say I want more practice time. Yet Kyle
1: Shanahan well, the last right.
0: well, 31. Well, maybe 31. But even Kyle has talked about it. So that's why I can't figure out with with Kyle cuz he he's and maybe he just thinks these spring practices aren't that important and he would like an extra week of training camp instead. So most teams are doing their mandatory mini camps right now. Kyle cut off one of those camps so uh, his team would have an extra week so it's kind of rest versus rust kind of thing i don't know but are you guys surprised and do you think it makes sense that kyle is getting rid of some of that some of the mini camp practices in the spring because he doesn't get extra practices to make up for it later
1: that's weird right i mean you, you say one thing, which is, I want more practices, and then you only get a few, and then you cut them. I mean, do we know if this is just the on-field practice that he's cutting, but maybe they're still doing film work and stuff like that behind the scenes, or is this just like he totally canceled practice and was like, guys, just go home?
2: He, he just canceled. He he just cuts it, the the offseason portion short, and then just does the mini camp, and then is like, all right, go ahead, get out of here. Hmm.
0: His wife likes to be in Cabo. <laughs> in, uh, in this week of June I think might be one of the no it's and, and look coaches players they need time off so maybe he you know if as long as he sees the right and luckily for the 49ers they they had you know they didn't have guys not showing up to mandatory minicamp went through that last off season with Debo Samuel right it what didn't work out great for Debo Samuel's season his head was, head was in a different place trying to get that new contract and Nick bosa did show up to mandatory minicamp very good sign about his contract. Um, and maybe that's, you know, all that Kyle needs to see is he just wants to make sure the guys are, are in the right headspace and he gets the young players up to speed enough so they can come into camp and their heads aren't spinning quite as much and, and they can compete. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a little bit strange that, that he's giving up precious practice time. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's right or wrong. I just find it very interesting. And, and other teams aren't willing to do that because they're mini
2: camping it up right now. Definitely very interesting. You know, I, if I had to guess, I would say it's more about he's just kind of seeing what he needs to see or got out of uh, OTAs, what he feels like he needs to get out of. I mean, this is a good, pretty much veteran team now, right? And it's kind of weird to say because I remember when the 49ers, you know, when Kyle Shanahan first took over the 49ers, I mean, they had a lot of roster building to do. They had some veterans, mm-hmm. but not a whole lot of guys that just have been with the team and understood exactly, hey, this is how we're going to win. This is how we're going to prepare. Now he's had that, right? Like the culture is definitely more established than it was in the past. So they probably get in, they have their practices, things start heading in the right direction. And it's like, all right, I've seen enough. Let's get somebody guys here for a mandatory mini camp. Only two days, which I mean, when I was playing mini camp was three days. And he's like, No, nah, we're just gonna do two days and then yeah. get you guys out of here and go ahead, go to Cabo, have a little fun, prepare, continue to head in the right direction, maybe give guys more time, you know, a way to kind of really Detach from football until it's time because once training camp happens and I don't know how much I've talked about what my OTA schedule was compared to training camp schedule drastically different OTAs we were there pretty much from 8 a.m. to 12 noon and then you're done for the day. Now, you can you know, you choose to watch extra film or if there's extra things you want to do, but you're not there a whole lot. It's like two hours of either, depending on what part of the program you're in, two hours of or one hour of like on the field, agility, speed, conditioning stuff, then another hour in the weight room, and then you grab your shake and you head straight to the meetings, grab some snacks, and you're in the meeting room for two hours, and then you're done. And whatever else you want to do is at the house. And then once the practice is start, they cut out the – agility and lifting for the most part. And then it's more on field and then meetings and then you're out, right? Mm -hmm. Training camp is not like that. Especially if you're a rookie, we were up at 5am having the lift. Then you have to go get breakfast. uh, And then you uh, have meetings. Then you hit the practice field and then you have meetings after that. And then you have lunch and then you have like your special teams meeting. And then, you know, depending on, uh, you'll have a defensive meeting and then you'll have another meeting that's like the younger guys. And then by the time you get back to your room, it's like it's 9 p.m., 10 p.m. And I still got to study nice. for him. So, you know, maybe he's like, you know what, just go ahead, relax, because we know how long the days can get for training camp. And I mean, it's brutal for uh, a few weeks where you're four days on, one day off, four days on, one day off, four days on. And, and you know, the in-season schedule is nothing like that. So maybe he just gives, a take some extra time because once we show up for training camp it's go time. And that kind
1: of makes sense. But at the same time, you you mentioned like, this is a veteran squad, right? And it is in most places, except for in the most important position on the football field, which is quarterback. So to me, it's like, you're, you're working out Trey Lance, you're working out Sam Darnold. You're trying to get these guys up to speed. They haven't, you know, Darnold's never played a snap with the 49ers. He, He doesn't really know this Kyle Shanahan system. Trey Lance has only played a few snaps in this Kyle Shanahan offense. Is is, Do you think that this is kind of an indictment on what they've been saying, which is like, look, Purdy's our guy. Like, we don't need to get these guys this extra time. You know, we we know once Purdy comes back, he's going to be ready to go. Like, because it it does seem a little bit odd to me that he wouldn't want as much time possible with those guys running plays with the whole offense.
2: Well, he did it last year as well with Trey Lance needing time and and all that. So I I don't think. It's about that. I mean, and even if it is, let's say with the quarterback situation, whether it's Trey Lance or other, they can text him. They can ask him questions. Hey, coach, you know, uh, can you send me over this? Or what do I do on this? And he'll hit them back, you know. So I I think it's just as much as they can get out of OTAs, they get that done, and then he's like, all right, we'll cut it Mm -hmm. short. I'm curious to see, you know, the teams that maybe spend more time what do they actually look like in the season? Because the 49ers, who right. have cut it short over the last couple of years, it hasn't made a difference. I mean, they've been in the in season, actually, back-to-back years. So.
1: Right.
0: I think you're on to something, Wink. He's like, well, Brock can't practice anyway, so be some, there's are no we point some doing, doing any of this. We don't want <laughs> Trey or uh, Sam Darnold to get hurt so we can still trade him. Right. So, yeah, that's what. No, I don't think that's what it is. But, you know, part of it's – you mentioned something, Croc, about the, the, the veteran roster too, and, you know, they don't have to – teach the entire roster everything it's a veteran group and they feel good about coming into camp and knowing that the the important guys are going to be up to speed and playing as they want them to but it's kind of a, a similar it's like the curse of having so much talent on your roster which goes back to our last conversation about Denell hunter and bringing in another player that's expensive the 49ers have too many expensive players it costs a lot of money and every time you get somebody that plays really well. You got to pay them a lot of money. And so they have to let guys go. They, you know, they're these rotational defensive ends that they bring in, that get eight sacks and then go sign for too much money somewhere else. The Niners can't afford to pay them. Right. And so like you get so good at a point where it's like, we can't bring in the Hunter. Cause we can't give this guy a contract. Like, we, like it was pretty insane that we were able to give Javon Hargrave a contract. We need these rotational cheap players. And, and so, that's why it's so big with this, you know, the last draft the 49ers have had and all the drafts recently without all the top picks that they have missed out on because of Trey Lance trades and Christian McCaffrey trades. They need to get a lot of production out of mid-round, late-round rookies that they drafted that are on that rookie contract. That, that's really important to the 49ers, elongating this window to go along with the stars that they do decide to, play, to pay. Next, guys, let's talk NBA, NFL uh it's an interesting conversation i've heard some arguments on both sides i think Croc, you can see how he has uh some really ugly basketball jersey back there in the background if you're watching this on youtube um he he uh he is an an nba aficionado let's talk about whether it's more likely an nba player could go play in the nfl or an nfl player go play in the nba next Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate all of the everydayers out there. If you are not one, make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, so I believe it was – who was it, Croc, that started this whole thing? Was it Paul George? I think it was Paul George. Okay, so, yeah, with the NBA Finals now over, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets NBA champions – uh, it's a good day here on this winky Wednesday to uh, to talk about this one and Paul George is basically saying it's much more likely that an NBA player could go play in the NFL than the other way around And I I, I think yes and no the there's there's multiple things happening here. One is that NFL rosters have 53 guys on them and NBA rosters have 12 guys on it, right So just the numbers, the sheer numbers, it's more likely you could play in one league. Than the other because there's more spots. But Croc, you and I, maybe Wink too, but I know you and I have a serious game. We could go sit and hold a chair down on the end of an NBA bench because those guys don't play anyway. You know what I mean? If you're suited up on an NFL field, you better be able to run out there and tackle somebody on special teams or do something.
2: Right? Oh, hold on. So, I, I got to stop you right there. Okay. Have you ever seen. Just a high level basketball player. Even if he sat the bench in the NBA or maybe was like a really good college basketball player. Have you ever seen him like in 24 hour fitness open gym and what that looks like?
0: Oh uh, crazy. I haven't seen it, but over to my left, you can't tell there's a mirror. I'm looking at a high-level basketball player. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so those guys, it's it's I've played against a few of them and I'm always like how is this guy not in the NBA? I mean, they're, they are right. sweet. I mean, they pull up. They can pull up from anywhere. It feels like they don't miss a jump shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're super athletic. It's really kind of wild that they aren't able to make it because I feel like the guy with that type of ability, with the opportunity to go to the NFL, you make it based on just more opportunity at certain positions, right? I mean, think right. about receivers. You're going to have, you know, five, six, sometimes even seven receivers on the roster as opposed to, you know, two point guards, you know, right. maybe one, you know. Mm-hmm. So the odds of making it from a number standpoint uh, definitely favor football, but or a basketball player trying to play football. But I don't even take the question as that. I take it as this: Would the best football playing basketball player make it in the NBA before the best basketball playing football player make it in the NBA? So that, that I hope that makes sense, but that's yeah, how man. I look at it. Yeah. yeah. Makes, Whoever makes is like, Hey, y'all pick one player and we'll pick one player. And then we'll see who can make it in whose league.
0: Uh
1: huh. I think that's it's got to how- go NBA to NFL, right? I mean, like you said, there's just more positions, right? If, if you're that fifth or sixth wide receiver and you know how to tackle, then you're, you're going to probably make an NFL squad. Cause you know, you're going to be fast if you're an NBA player, right? Most, most NBA players have some quickness to them. So maybe you, you know, they got good hands. They're catching the ball all the time. So I, I just, I also feel uh, – then you start looking at the flip side of how many NFL players have like a hoop, you know, or just go play hoops with their friends at 24-Hour Fitness or at their gym, and they're constantly hitting shots. It, it, it's a tough call.
0: So the, the 49ers had Bruce Ellington, who was a starting SEC point guard in college that played in the NFL, right? Like,
1: hey, Croc, if, Croc, it's Stockton. It. Did you ever go to that 49ers versus the Cops or whatever uh, – game that they used to have the yeah. charity game they had that every was. year no no it was basketball oh, okay and, yeah it would be like some you know practice squad you know players every once in a while you get you know somebody who whose name you actually recognized out there and, and a lot of them could play a lot of them could dunk a lot of them could actually but you know they're also going up against just like cops or something you know who probably yeah. you know only shoot in their spare time so that but that's funny that, that 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 just brought back that memory of like, oh, NFL players actually playing basketball, not at an NBA level, obviously. But well,
0: that's the thing. So NFL players hoop all the time. Like these dudes are freaks of nature. We're talking 40 inch verticals and right. insane athletes. And Croc, we go through the draft process and we're like, oh, this guy has only ran a four, five, seven. I don't know if he's going to be able to cut it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, like if you, here's an, one way to look at it if the NBA put together an NFL team, and try to play football versus if the, if the NFL put together a basketball team, like there's could mm. straight up hoop in the NFL and yeah. it, they would, it would be a demolition. The NFL players playing basketball or would be playing at such a higher level. Right. Um, and the, there's only basically one position on the field that NBA guys could play. But the thing is, if you're a shorter, thicker, physical NBA player, you could probably play tight end. And, and get by mm-hmm. just as a jump ball specialist, right? And there's a there's a path there. But aside from that, it's it's difficult. Like, there's probably very few – as freakish as these guys are, there's probably very few NBA players that run a 4-4 that you would legit say, man, okay, this guy's going to play wide receiver in the NFL. So it's, it's almost like tight end or nothing. And all these dudes that are 6'10", 100 – or 210 pounds, they don't have position. They're not playing anywhere, period, right. unless yeah. they can play tight end.
2: I've and seen again, some of these guys – I've seen some of you guys playing flag football, and you see highlights of it, and, and you can tell, like, you know, legit athletes, of, of yeah. course. We're talking about of guys course. at the highest level. But the thing that probably impressed me most, with all the basketball clips, playing football, all that stuff out there, Paul George, who is the one that came up with this idea or thought, I watched him run routes, like, randomly. I was scrolling through Instagram, and I, I just see it, and I said, oh, okay, I see why he said it. I mean, he looked like oh, yeah? a route tech- technician. I-, I had no idea when I was watching it. I didn't know that was Paul George. But certain things that he did were things where it's like, why would somebody that's working out and playing a receiver at a high level like do that? Like, Why would he kind of push up and then stop and wait on the ball? Like, that's not what football players do. Then I looked, I'm like, oh, it's Paul George. And I was really <laughs> shocked because I thought it was someone like either preparing for you know, in, during the off season or something like that, and I mean, he was smooth. He turned the guy around. Now, who the hell was guarding him? I don't know. Right. And it was only a couple of clips, but in those couple of clips, I was like, I could see why he said it. He looks like he could go and play football. Now, could he make a roster? Could he? Look, I don't know, but I know it looks smooth. It looked very natural, as opposed to sometimes you see basketball players like we see these highlights of Miles um, Garrett dunking, and it's just like. You're too damn buff.
0: You're too, big, too
2: yeah. big. It just doesn't look quite right. You know, it's like right. it's this big, strong freak athlete, but it looks kind of funny. With Paul George, it didn't look funny at all. So th- yeah. that was one thing where I kind of really took that middle note. Like uh, I see why he said it. But I don't know. It's interesting. I would love to see Russell Westbrook playing receiver.
0: Russell Westbrook is one of the names just because of how fast he runs the floor. He might yes. be one of those guys that's legit. And he's not, you know, he's not too big. He's not too tall. You know, he, he could maybe play wide receiver because he's got a build and he's got that athleticism and, and speed, right? He might be able to do that. Um, dude, so, so somebody – I I sort of explained, like, you think of NBA players. Okay, who's kind of got that physicality that could maybe play football and is maybe a, a shorter, um, stockier big man? And it's like, oh, Draymond Green. You ever seen Draymond Green's yeah. clips at Michigan State where uh, he was in the spring game trying to play tight end? Oh, dude. It looked no, like he he had, it looked like he had legs for arms and arms for legs. Like he didn't know Aww. what he was doing. Like it was terrible. Lost didn't look good at all. And that's why I'm, I'm talking gonna look about. those
2: up. What? On the flip side, there's uh Peppers, Julian Peppers. I mean, he was a big time guy at North Carolina. You yeah. know what I think about Julian Peppers? I didn't even know Julian Peppers played football. I knew Julian Peppers the basketball player, right? And next thing I know, On he's the the number tourney. one yep. the NFL I'm like, wait,
0: Peppers? <laughs> Well, go that's the thing. Ahead. So I can't think of – you know, it was Julius Peppers. There's um, – I mentioned Bruce Ellington. Uh, there, Remember Nate Robinson? He was a hooper. Dude could dunk mm-hmm. That I had freak athleticism. He uh, played
2: corner a little bit at uh, Washington.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, at Washington, right. So he played football. And I was trying to think there's not that many that go the other way. Most guys have played a lot of basketball and even preferred playing basketball, but they were just better NFL players. But I can't think of that many guys. Andre Nate,
1: Ward, right? What's one up? of
0: them. They ended up playing – uh, uh, Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. Yeah, won the That's Heisman, it. right? There's, there's not that many players that, that played in the NBA that also played a lot of football. Hmm. I, I can't think of as many of those. There's a ton more football players that played a pretty high level of hoops.
2: Yeah, my my guy Julius Thomas. And Julius wouldn't play yeah. with us in high school. He wouldn't even play. Like he wouldn't come out and play with us. And then next thing you know, he's at you know Portland State. He plays. His you know four years of basketball. He has a year left of eligibility for football. Again, I had no idea Julius was on the gridiron, and then I'm watching the the Senior Bowl, and they're like, "Oh, Julius Thomas! What Julius Thomas are they talking about? Not my buddy Julius Thomas. What is he doing at the Senior Bowl? Then he gets drafted. I'm like, What's doing? You know, it took a couple years, but Peyton Manning showed up, and all of a sudden he's like a Pro Bowl tight end. Then <laughs> he made like 50 million dollars in uh, Jacksonville, and they kind of hate him now because he kind of took their money a little bit. <laughs>
0: uh the best tight end of all time hooper at cal right? yeah oh, so yeah there, there's definitely some crossover but it's really there's one position and if, if an nba player was going to play in the nfl probably be tied in um and, it, and in reality it's so specialized that it's too late for any of those guys we'd have to go back six years let right. the guy go through high school college and, and develop you know uh and develop that talent and that skill to have an opportunity to try to make uh, an NFL or an NBA squad.
2: Well, basketball is a little different, especially since it's so one-on-one. Now, I bet people would tell me, and they tell me all the time, especially Warrior fans, you don't know basketball, Croc. But I feel like with how basketball is, there's not a whole lot of defense played. You know, you have to be smarter than that. Like, I understand that part of it. But there's not a whole lot of defense played. There's a lot of one-on-one, especially at the NBA level. If you look at NBA compared to college, college, a lot of set offenses, ram plays, Uh, you know, there's way more zones. You know, it's a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit slower. NBA is just like "Eh, me versus you. And we're just going to pick and roll until, and we're going to roll. And I'm either going to stop pop, or I'm going to dish it off. And I feel like NBA is simpler. So like a, a football player that has good handles, good quickness, good twitch, he could like go play point guard and run the pick and roll for an offense.
0: There's a lot of football players that you, you could put them on the court, and you wouldn't like be like, well, what's that guy doing there? But I think there's a ton of NBA players that you put them on an NFL field and be like, who's that guy? He looks like one of those wind socks at a at a cardio. What's <laughs> on a football field right now? <laughs> um, but I, I think the the right answer is probably that there's more likely an NBA guy could kind of just be a jump ball tight end than than an NFL guy could jump into the NBA. But freaks on both sides, and too much specialization and time would be needed to to I think get a a true answer to any of that happening, Just certified freaks. Thanks everybody for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate all the everydayers out there. If you want to be an everydayer, we'd love to have you listening every single day, making it your first listen. Find us on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked On 49ers.
1: See
2: you. Subscribe to this video.